We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is a Pack-A-Day Podcast. So hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things green and gold. My name is Mike Lennon, joined this week, as always, by Gage Bridgeford and Mark Eckel. As we preview the final game before a much-needed bye week for the Packers, so we take it on the formerly St. Louis, now Los Angeles Rams over in Lambeau Field. Uh, Mark, I'm going to go to you first. This game is going to be a game of attrition for the Packers, but that bye week is going to look awfully good after that one. Yeah, and that's what you know. In the grand scheme of things, the Packers have to get to the bye week. I mean, yeah, you you want to win this week and. And they can. They're home. They haven't lost at home all year. Um, they have a great home record under Matt LaFleur. They've never lost back-to-back games under Matt LaFleur. So there's a lot of hope, I guess. But they got to get to the bye week and then, more importantly, come out of the bye week and start getting some players back. Because if if this if the team that plays the Rams um, today is a team that goes into the playoffs, let's be honest, the Packers aren't going anywhere in the playoffs if they have to rely on you know, several backups. If Aaron Jones and Rashawn Gary and Jair Alexander, and I, we can go on and on and on. Um, if they're not back, well, it's going to be a short playoff run for the Packers this year. Yeah, it's been tough. Like, Green Bay just – like, the late buy is – some teams are – some teams it's like, oh, man, the late buy is going to suck. But I think, like, if you're Green Bay, you're just – you're glad that the buy is finally here because it's been – a slog of a season so far. Just one injury after another. You have David Bakhtiari still not back. Garrett, like, and just looking at like the edge position specifically, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Zach Jacobson tweeted it out that it was Gary Zadarius, uh, Whitney Merciless, uh, Jonathan Garvin, just all of these injuries at the edge position. Even Preston Smith missed the first game of his career earlier this year. Just one thing after another, and it's been all across the entire roster. And you're like, can we get just one week to get a break into where it's not just, oh, man, we're going to have to play a rotating cast of characters here. I have listened to multiple podcasts the past week talking about Green Bay has struggled with blitz pickups this year. And it's like, yeah, when you're starting a new offensive line combination every other week, that's going to happen. Granted, the, per- the podcast that I'm specifically referring to did point that out and said just when you're starting a new offensive line group every week, that's going to happen. But it's just 
you Elton had bounced around a little bit and been hurt, and Josh Myers has been in and out of the lineup, and now he's currently out. Royce Newman has struggled a little bit and probably wouldn't be struggling nearly as much if he had just had more consistency around him. So just I'm glad the bye week is almost here. That's not a now that, as you pointed out, Mark, the three base never lost two in a row, so they can't get too antsy to be like, all right, finally, we're going to get a week off. they got to still lock in here for at least one more week before they can uh, come up for air a little bit. I think a stat, and I, I wrote about this the other day, um, but this is amazing to me, that and we're only through 12 games, or 11 games, this will be the 12th game. Um, with John Garvin not playing this week, there are only 21 players on the entire team, 21, who have played in every game. 21. That, that to me, that just that blows me away. That, you know? That, <laughs> think about that for a second. And three of them are, are Mason Crosby, the kick. Well, yeah, three of them only play special teams. The kicker, the punter, and Ty Summers, who has gone several games without taking a defensive snap, but he's been out there for, for special teams. So if, you, if you're just talking offense and defense, only 18 players have, have taken at least a snap in, 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 in every game. That's I, I, I don't know. I don't, I've never in all my years of covering the NFL. I don't think I've ever seen that kind of, you know, injury injury status of a team that only 21 players have played every game. And we still got games to go. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's not like if, if that was a stat at the end of the year, it would be a pretty amazing stat. I mean, there's a chance that more guys are going to get hurt between now or or miss a game between now and the, and, and the end of the year as well. And the funny thing is, it's not even Green Bay either. Aren't the Titans about to set a record for players that are going to suit up for a game in a season? That was exactly the two that I was going to point out, was I know that they are, they like, they've been bit hard by the injury bug as well. Granted, like, some of that, I'm pretty sure they traded players or cut players here and there, but, yeah, no, they have, the injury bug has gotten after them pretty damn hard uh, this year. So Green Bay, Tennessee, there's a lot of teams that are feeling the hurt from the injury. The Giants are a team that I don't, I, like, I also want to point out, I was talking to a buddy the other day because we were talking about betting stuff and Evan Engram props and whatnot, and he was saying, he's like, yeah, look at Engram and the Giants. He's He's been good when he's been when everybody's been out there. I'm like, when? They've played like, the full gamut of weapons. has played four snaps this year, I'm pretty sure, between Barkley being hurt, Shepard, Engram himself, Slayton, everyone in New York has been hurt here and there. So it's just there's injuries all over the league this year, which, I mean, Grant, we say that every year. seems like every single year we're like, yeah, there's injuries are up or whatever, but it's just I think it's just Green Bay is the team we're paying attention to, and Green Bay is being hit hard by injuries. I don't think I do. I mean, you're mentioning guys, and, and yeah, there are a lot of injuries. And Tennessee lost Henry, which is which is obviously massive. But I don't know if the team has lost as many Pro Bowl slash All Pro players as the Packers have this year. I mean, you're 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 talking, you know. You know Jones being out and and Bakhtiari not taking a snap all year. Now Jenkins going down. I mean it's it's hit the two areas that you mentioned the edge rushers where they're down to Preston Smith and a bunch of guys, and the offensive line where they're missing. They're two of the best and not not two of the best on their team, two of the best in the league in Bakhtiari and Jenkins, and then a rookie center who looked like a very good player from the first month of the season before he got hurt. So you, it's two, it's two positions that have really gotten decimated. And then uh, sprinkle around the wide receivers that have been in and out, the, the corners that have been in and out. Um, but, but specifically offensive line, as you said earlier, with the, you know, yeah, they're not, they're, they're, they're not doing well against, well, of course not. And the edge rushers, which have just been 
and they're good. I mean, they're, they're good players. They're, all right, John Garvin, though, that isn't the end of the world, obviously. But it is when you're already down the Darius Smith and Rashawn Gary and Whitney Merciless. You know, so it's just it's just been crazy. I agree, and I think I think one thing that'll help is I think Gary is online to play. I hope and, so because he was a full participant in practice. He he seemed like from what he's been putting on social media that he's going to go. But I do have to say, when you look at the Packers and Titans as two of the teams that are the most banged up, because you look at the Titans, obviously, A.J. Green, Julio, or A.J. Brown, Julio Jones have been banged up all year. But those are two two of the top seeds in each yeah. conference. That's an incredible feat for those coaching staffs. I think that, I think that has to that can't be overlooked either. So, I, I mean, I, yeah, I think that if the Packers can maintain this, we, we've banged on the little coach of the year hype train. Mike Vrabel's got to be there as well. But with that being said, let's let's move to the, to the game itself, Packers and Rams. The Rams are the opposite. They're pretty healthy, and I don't like that. I mean, they, Woods is gone, but they still have Cooper Cup who's leading in every receiving category. they still got Stafford. they got a good offensive line. They're going to be a tough team to stop, and they, they're still right in the thick of that division race in the West. And the Rams, I mean, and, well, the Rams are coming off their bye. So that, you know, that, that's a, that's a I mean, when the schedule makers made the schedule, they didn't they didn't know what was going to, how it was going to be, but they really couldn't have it couldn't have worked out any better for the Rams to be coming off to bye week as healthy as, the, as any team could possibly be facing a team that's as the Packers like like as we started the show saying that's just hoping to get to their bye, you know, in one piece. So yeah, that I mean, everything points to a Rams win this week. I'm not saying the Rams are going to win, but everything points that way, and I think it's why the engaged you followed is a lot closer than than most. The line is flipped. Green Bay's now now a one and a half point underdog. Uh, it's actually two, depending on it, where you're looking at. Yeah, I'm look. Yeah, I'm looking at it live right now, and uh, there's a lot. There's a couple of books where you're still finding one point fives out there, but pretty much, pretty much across the board, I'm seeing twos at places like uh, DraftKings, FanDuel, uh, Circa, which is one of the sharper books out there, plus two. Uh, Caesars still has them plus one and a half, but Atlanta's another sharp book, plus two. So it's yeah, they Green Bay opened as a minus one or minus two favorite, depending on where you got it, and it's they're now plus two at a lot of the books that I consider to be quality, like good books. Uh, they're the the line shifted. They were a pick 'em, uh, and then it just gradually kept moving, kept moving, and then uh, yeah, as of this morning, plus two at uh, pretty much every book that is uh, worth their salt. And I will say, because Mark, you made the point of. On paper, they should lose. They were supposed to lose to Arizona, too, on paper. And, and I think the Packers, last week they lose games that they probably should win. Those are the games that you probably should lose. Like, that game is one. This game could be another. Like, I, I'm, I actually like what they could do here because I think they can do some things if they use the right offensive game plan. They, they can negate some of what L.A. does well and keep Stafford off the field. But it's definitely going to be the, probably the toughest task of the year for Matt LaFleur right now. I'm thinking that you're right. Games aren't won on paper. Green Bay has a recipe to win this game. And the recipe is as simple as Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton, Dean Lowry, Tyler Lancaster need to have their best game of the year because the tackles for the, for the Rams, oh, that's where their strength is on the offensive line. Interior? These guys have been getting bullied hard. When the Rams are when the Rams are just doing the quick passing thing, they're okay. But when they are getting quick pressure up the middle and getting after Stafford, that's when they've been having these bad games in the last two weeks. And it's and additionally, they're doing it without blitzing. The, I believe I saw I heard a stat that 
they had been blitzed less than 10%, I think it was 7% and 9% in their last two games, and that's against Tennessee and against San Francisco. Previously, they had been getting blitzed about 20-plus percent of the time in every single one of their games, but the last two weeks, 9%, 7%. Because San Francisco and Tennessee knew get pressure without blitzing, and you have a recipe for success. And having guys like Jeffrey Simmons uh, and Eric Armstead and Nick Bosa on stunts and stuff, getting pressure inside is what can really make a difference on the, in this game. So that's why I think Kenny Clark is the guy that has to – if Kenny Clark can come out and have a good game, I think that that dramatically increases ch- uh, Green Bay's chances of winning. That's not – and that's not to dog any other interior defensive lineman on this team. That's just Kenny Clark. We, I mean, we saw him last week and on the very first drive against the Vikings. He put – he almost put the center into Kirk Cousins' lap, right, like right away. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a Kenny Clark staple against Minnesota. So it's a, I think it's a Kenny Clark week. Um, everybody else is important. The cornerbacks, especially against Cooper Cup, who has been a cheat code for fantasy football this year. If you play fantasy football at all, at all and you have Cooper Cup on any of your teams, you are – your love and life, Mike, giving us the thumbs up, double thumbs up here in the Skype call. Of he's got sixty plus yards in every game. He's got ninety plus yards in all but one game this year. The guy has been absolutely phenomenal, um, and it'll be interesting to see how Green Bay tries to slow him down. Obviously, Jair's still not playing, yeah. so not sure who's going to get the Cooper Cup assignment. Um, and whoever it does is going to have to have the the game of their life to really keep Green Bay in this one. That's and that's not saying that. Cooper Cup is a supreme overmatch. It's just he, the guy's been unstoppable this year. He, it's been him and Devontae are just unstoppable wideouts, and this is a good game for the to really see what a guy like Eric Stokes might be might be worth uh, in that matchup. Well, that's a lot to ask for a rookie. I mean, I'm not expecting him to do it by himself. I'm just if he's on him primarily with. I mean, Kevin King is uh, a, not going to play. Kevin King's doubtful as of our recording right now. So hard to He's probably not going to play. So you're either putting Stokes or Eric Duck or uh, Rasul Douglas or Shannon Sullivan if he's in the slot on Cooper Cup, and that's I mean that's a tough matchup for any any one of them. But if Stokes is the one out there, he really needs a bounce back game after last week. Granted, Justin Jefferson may have gotten him with a couple of push offs. I know that Minnesota fans don't want to concede that, but Justin Jefferson got away with multiple blatant passing offense pass interferences, but that's not called. So. Uh, Stokes needs a bounce back week, and if he's ever matched up against Cup, that's going to be a really eye-opening experience for him because it's not a guy that's just going to beat you with athleticism. Cooper Cup's not a great athlete. He's just damn good, and he knows how to get open, and Stafford always finds him when he's open. So it's not a Stokes' is exclusively one-on-one shadow coverage. Him. It's just, hey, this is a guy that wins a different way than you just got beat last week, so you got to show that you can change up your coverage. And That is one situation where I think being at home will help. Hopefully they can communicate better than they did in Minnesota, the the secondary. Savage can talk with his guys better. Amos can talk with the corners better. They can understand how to pass off some of these coverages if they're playing zone. They can understand. I mean, the first big play to Jefferson last week was just a missed assignment on his own. Someone didn't cover their guy in, the, in that zone, and they left him open. They need to get that figured out because, yeah, you can't leave Cup open. He's not going to drop the ball. He's going to find a way. And without without Woods, without uh, Skoranek, doesn't look like he's going to play. They they're they're limited besides Cup and now uh, Beckham with what they can do. And and I agree with you, Gage. You talked about their offensive line, Havenstein and and Whitworth are their their linchpins. The Havenstein's more of a run guy. He's he's a mauler. He's not the most nimble for a guy as big as he is. 
and that could be a spot where Gary, if he's if he can use both arms, can make an impact as well. So I think Kenny Clark, Gary, and Preston are going to be huge controlling. Whoever controls the line of scrimmage will control this game. It's it's a simple phrase, but it's it's I think it comes in very handy here because even offensively, the Packers. The game plan I'm thinking is a heavy dose if Jones plays of Jones and Dylan, quick passes in space and use the tight ends. That would work. <laughs> but I think but one thing that the Rams don't have that the Vikings had last week is a Dalvin Cook. So I think the the Packers can play more. They can play zone. They can also play a little deeper. Take it like kind of what they did um, successfully against Seattle. And, and Russell Wilson, and they're good. I mean, listen, the Packers have faced their share of top wide receivers this year. They, you know, they Metcalf and Lockett aren't, aren't, aren't a joke, and and they shut them down pretty well um, by playing deep, playing zones, and kind of. I don't want to say ignoring the run game, but not, you know, not not as worried. I don't think they spent a lot of time worried about Seattle's running backs that that week of preparation. I think the same goes here. The Rams don't run the ball. They're okay. I mean, they're not particularly well. Minnesota, you couldn't do that. You you couldn't ignore Dalvin Cook, or he, or he could have you know he could have gone off on you. And they did one thing. They did do that. The one thing that they did, they kind of kept him in check for the most part. Um, so that I think that's a plus. Looking at it from the Packers' defensive side, um, but I, but I agree. I think the the Packers' best defense today is going to be holding the ball, winning that time of possession. Which I'm not a big fan of time of possession all the time, but in this game, I think it is important for the Packers to have you know, 10-play, six-minute drives that eat up clock and end in touchdowns, not not field goals or turning over on down. But getting getting seven, um, like I said, keeping that Rams offense, keeping Stafford and, and Tup and Odell and all those guys all, you know, off the field as much as possible. Getting the lead also. Getting the lead um, where then you control the game a little bit. Now, Matt, Matthew Stafford, as well as he's, you know, he's, now, now listen, I and I love the quote from Adrian Amos. I really do. Did you guys see Adrian Amos' quote this week? That Matthew Stafford's always been good. He, he was just stuck playing for the Lions. I mean, but that's been the quote on him for the last that's that's the great. Quote on him for the last year. Like, all year it's been. And that's, like, everybody that's talked up the Rams and talked up Stafford in particular have been like, yeah, he's been good. He's been doing this the whole time. You guys just weren't watching him because he was always on terrible teams. And I'm like, yeah, you're, you're not wrong. It's all it's Stafford's fault. He let him down. No, no, that team just was terrible all the time. What's the, here? Here's a key question that you guys would know better than I. Um, what's the expected weather today in Green Bay? Probably cold. I'm, I hope it's. it's I'm been, hoping it's cold and it's been cold all week. High of thirty, high of thirty-five, low of twenty-one. Zero percent chance of precipitation. Wind around uh, peaks at seventeen miles per hour at eleven a.m. Uh, and around between two, uh, around five p.m. It's supposed to be eight miles an hour. So it's supposed to be just cold and not a lot of wind. See, I mean, again, I, don't, I still think that matters when you have a team coming from sunny, nice L.A. I, I know people say, "Oh, you overblow sometimes." No, guys don't like that. If you're used to playing in nice weather all the time, and now you're out there and it's twenty some degrees, and it, it, there's a little bit of effect. And I think it goes both ways, too, because, I mean, we've seen Green Bay, like, uh, two years ago, mm-hmm. LaFleur's first year where Green Bay got blasted twice in the, like, in California yep. in warmer weather, which, 
people could argue that, oh, they got in late or they were messing around out, 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 to, or out of the hotel. They weren't doing what they were supposed to do. But it's like that weather wears you out. Like if you've ever played a summer sport, mm-hmm. you know that like playing in that heat can wear you out really fast. And these stadiums are all designed to benefit the home team in some way. There's the the Seattle stadium is designed to where the wind coming off of the ocean only hits or it hits the away team more. There's the uh, the Miami sideline is designed to where they're in the shade and the away team is in the sun. They, they, the teams know what they're doing on most of these. Like Green Bay is kind of different because it's kind of been a it's kind of in the center of the city, so the south thing. But it's yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. If you go from playing warm weather in a dome all the time, playing in the cold is going to affect you in some way, especially if you haven't done it a whole lot. And they playing, have rims. Don't go anywhere. Playing in the cold is not exactly the like the cushiest of job or cushiest of times. Hello, friends. We're getting to that point in the season where your survivor team is probably eliminated, your fantasy team that drafted Saquon Barkley and OBJ probably isn't doing the best, and maybe you're looking for something new to kickstart those fantasy football feelings. Well, let me tell you about Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on those matchups. One of my favorite aspects of Better Fantasy is that it offers prop betting. So even if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can still get in on the action. This is a totally free-to-play game that you can download on your iPhone or Android today. And the absolute best news of all, you can use code PACKADAY when you create your account to receive 1,000 better credits when you start your account. That's Better Fantasy, B-E-T-T-O-R Fantasy, with promo code PACKADAY. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you saw with the Packers, even this year, look at week one. That was a humid, just brutal day in Jacksonville that New Orleans handled better than Green Bay. That that's, I mean, that's, that was a thing. And last year in Tampa, the same thing. And even in, like, I live in, I've lived in Wisconsin for most of my life. When I was in Wisconsin, I was in Iowa. Doesn't matter how much you're used to it. Cold is cold. And especially if it's windy. And, and that also occurred to Packers with Rogers' foot. Uh, and, and not Billy Turner's foot, apparently, but obviously Rogers' foot, that, that cold will definitely affect that. 
And but with the Rams, yeah, if you're coming, if they didn't get in until Saturday, that's less time to adjust to it, less time to get ready for it. And some of these guys, like a Cooper Cup, maybe like a Stafford, who is also a Southern guy from Texas, played at Georgia, like that. that no. Odell, that kind of stuff will cause issues. I mean, look at when Odell, that playoff game when he came up with the Giants, he did not handle the cold well. No, he didn't want. He wanted no part of being in that game. So you're right. The weather could have a huge factor, and that's where again, this could be an AJ Dillon type of game again. Like look at the Titans game last year. In that cold, the guy that big, you don't want to bring him down. And that's where I think when you look at what how Matt Lafleur may call this one, use a lot of the running backs. Get obviously Devontae Adams, but. I'm thinking this is going to be a huge game for Mercedes Lewis, DeGuar, and Daphne. Get those guys the ball quickly, get them in space. And it seems, it seems especially that DeGuar is getting a little more trust from Rodgers, that could be a huge thing to limit what the the Rams secondary can do as well. And it would also slow down their pass rush. DeGuar, yes. I, I think Lewis's role, and I, I, I could be wrong, but I think Lewis's role is going to be more of a sixth offensive line and this week helping helping Yash out on the left side and just you know, but we'll see. I mean, you, you can start him there and then maybe peel him off and dump a little pass to him, but he's gonna have to help out the offensive line, don't you think? No, I think the offensive uh-huh. line's good. I like I think that you need to give like a little bit of help here and there, but I think that the offensive line specifically, like Yoshi Eastman, I have more faith in him now than I did when the season started. Because when the season started, I hadn't seen a ton of them. I've never been a big preseason watcher guy. I just I haven't, and I think. And if you want to watch preseason and take a lot from it, that's fine. That's you, I, but that's never been my thing. And getting so getting to see him take live game snaps, and I thought he played well. I know that we all talked about when uh, Elton came back from injury. We had discussed the idea of having him stay at left tackle and kicking Elton over to right guard and given, uh, or kicking Elton into left guard and putting John Runyon Jr. in a right guard competition or, or maybe letting him win that job. Because, at, like, the offensive line has been good. Von Miller is still good. Leonard Floyd's still good. But if you can get the ball out quick as long as Rodgers stays on schedule, because the cornerback two position has been a terrible, terrible issue for the Rams all year long. Jalen Ramsey's still going to do his thing, but you're like Green Bay can actually win that that second like that second wide receiver matchup. Jalen Ramsey will spend a lot of time on Adams. He won't be exclusively shadowing because they've been moving him around a lot this year to try and get him involved in more plays, especially in the run. But Green Bay can win that wide receiver two matchup, especially against MBS, especially with MBS versus whoever he lines up against, whether it's Darius Williams or whatever. But I think, and yeah, you're going to keep your tight ends in, have them chip here and there. But I also don't think that you need to go like max protect or have them in the block every time because I think that Green Bay can win a lot of these matchups up front. I, the, the one that you're concerned about is obviously Aaron Donald with Elton not being in there, Josh Myers not being in there. So that's when you need to fire up the ball with the run, establish the run early, and really, and like you said, kind of have those long sustained drives. But if you can start off in like in the first half and wear the defense out a little bit and slow down that pass rush. That's when you can really open up those deep shots later in the game that Green Bay loves to take. Rodgers has been taking those shots to MBS all year. He finally connected on one last week, and I think that he's going to try and connect on one or two more uh, today. And that's I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. And if, if I'm calling plays, my very first play call is I'm running A.J. Dillon right at Leonard Floyd. 
see how well he can stop the run. He's not I mean, he's long and lanky. He's not the biggest guy. And I mean, I'm not. I Aaron Donald's still one of the best centers I've ever watched. I'm not. I'm, I, he's always going to be a worry. But I'm running right at those edges and making them stop a 250-pound bowling ball of Door County. Like there's uh, there's no doubt in my mind that that's what they need to do. Whether they do it or not is we'll see. But there's definitely ways to victory for this team, and I know it's been easy to write off with injuries and with the Rams coming off the bye and all the hype that's come along with the Rams and Sean McVay and Stafford and Cup and there's there's so much to to think about. But there's multiple ways to win for this Packers team, despite like Mark said, having essentially 18 guys who have played offensive defensive snaps in every game. That, which is just an incredible feat for the team, and that shows how good and how deep this team is. So that being said, I think let's jump start jump into our predictions as we get ready for the preview of this one. Uh, Gage, what are the lines for this one? All right, so as I was kind of saying a uh, little bit earlier, the lines opened around Green Bay minus one or minus two, depending on where you bet it at. Uh, I'm going to use the Circa, uh, Circa because it's, just, it's one of the sharpest books out there. It's not pinnacle, but it's uh, pretty damn close to it. Green Bay opened as minus two uh, with a betting line at 49.5 for the total, and that betting line, got that total got hit hard just as much as the uh, Rams' money line got hit. Uh, very quickly it turned to a Rams pick in less than 24 hours. It was about 12 hours. It went from Green Bay minus two to a pick and then it's just gradually moved in that direction. Uh, it peaked at Rams minus three um, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday being Friday. Uh, but other than that, it's and then now it's hovering at minus two, and the total is at 47, and it has been locked at 47 cents. I believe that would be what Wednesday, uh, the 24th. Yeah, Wednesday it's been locked at 47. It's not moving from there. The the Rams are the betting favorite in this game. They're on the road. They're four and one on the road. They're coming off two straight losses prior to the bye. They've now had the bye to integrate Odell Beckham Jr. in the offense. You've gotten another week of Von Miller on the defense. Right here, if you're going to be betting on this game, I would bet if you're if you're wanting to bet Green Bay. I would bet Green Bay money line. I wouldn't bet them to cover the spread just because I believe the stat this year of, of dogs under six and a half points have been like have covered like 70% of the spreads this year and they've won outright like over like 60% of the time. It's been kind of crazy, but and that's what I would do. And also there's a golden rule of whenever Aaron Rodgers is at home and getting points, you bet Aaron Rodgers because he's, Basically, un, he's not quite undefeated at home as an underdog, but he's pretty damn close to it. Uh, so ultimately, I'm I'm going to give Green Bay the win in this game because I think that Green Bay has enough offensive firepower to get the job done. Um, and I also think it's going to be a rather high-scoring game. I think that the Rams can do enough on offense, and uh, the Packers' secondary, like specifically at the corner position, does give me a little bit of worry against Cooper Cup and then Odell. I'm sure that he's going to catch one random pass and start celebrating like he like he just won the Super Bowl. But that's I mean that's what he does. He's a fun, exciting player. But I'm going to go Green Bay winning. I think Green Bay wins the game, 31 to 28. I just uh, – and I, I'm not necessarily predicting, like, late field goal, last second win or anything. Granted, it would be really fun for Mason Crosby to get a win at home at the last second, like, his time expires kind of thing, just for the narrative of, oh, we should replace Crosby, and then he just, like, silences the doubters. But well, you're 128 is what I'm going with, so I'm taking the over. I think this is the first time all year I've predicted an over uh, when it comes to Green Bay. They've gone under a lot, but 
I think if Green Bay wins this game, I think they win with offense, not necessarily with defense. I'm thinking you guys, you guys flipped me a little bit. I was thinking I didn't think they're going. Uh, you, I think I'm going to take the package. Let me ask Gabe something: Is why did why do you think the the number dropped from forty was it forty nine and a half at one point down to forty seven? What do you think was the factor there? Uh, David ba- David Bakhtiari getting hurt, Elton Jenkins not coming back, Elton Jenkins being hurt. Uh, it's the idea, the another, uh, this Rams coming off a of bye, Odell Beckham being more integrated in the offense. It's the yeah, it's, so that would make it tough. But, but, but at the same time, it's the like Von Miller being more integrated in the defense. Uh, Darius Williams for the Rams, I believe, is back or he was coming back style of thing. So it's the idea that the Rams are able to get pressure on Rodgers and able to slow down the offense and cause the total to go under with the Rams just winning big. Uh, also, I, I think that the betting public and Sharps still think that Green Bay can't really stop the run, even though they had a decent game against Dalvin Cook last week. It's not like Dalvin Cook had his best game of the year. I'm pretty sure they held him under 100 yards on the oh, day. Packers have um, had 100-yard back since the middle of last year. Have they really not? Yeah, no. Nah. Mo- David Montgomery is the last back to go over 100 yards against the Packers. He did it in a blow. Packers won like 45 to 21. Uh, he he must have like one long run today. I don't remember the game off the top of my head, but I think that was the game that he had like a forty-five or he had like a sixty-yard carry to start the game. Right, and then he and then wind up getting like a hundred two for the game or something. Yeah, he's the last back to go over hundred yards against Packers. It's been like almost even against her. So he, yeah, because because in Washington it was the Taylor Heineke game, and then Kamar didn't get hundred yards on the day. No. Okay. Well, so you know, I think that, I'm talking about total. Rock, I'm talking about run. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so take a total. Green Bay's been decent stop on the run this year. Uh, the Rams can, uh, the Rams want to run the ball, but they can't really do it against this defense, uh, especially with Devondre Campbell and Kenny Clark up the middle. I think he's going to have a huge day, um, and I think that that's ultimately just – I think that's how Green Bay gets it done. I could look yeah. I could look stupid, but I, that's that's where I'm going. Yeah, I like a lower – I'm, I'm going to take the Packers because why not. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go lower. I'm, I'm going 24-20. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put it under 47. Mike's laughing because I think I stole his score. <laughs> yes, you did. Uh, well, I, I was going 24-21. Uh, I think, okay, and that was because you made the point earlier about the weather. I think that's going to be huge. It's going to be a ball control game. Both offenses will going to be want to be on the field, control the time. And I think if the Packers run the ball, especially if Aaron Jones plays, that's huge. You, you can run some two back sets with him and Dylan. You can. Get just really grind it out, and I think that's going to be where it comes down to, and and, and like a one deep shot hits to MVS, which I think would would help. So I, I'm going low. I think 24-21. I think the Rams will have some issues, especially in the first half with the cold, and we'll see how they adjust from there. But and Gage, you even said like, yeah, we may look stupid, but we did last week too. That's fine with me. Yeah, we looked stupid, but at the same time, we didn't. I like <laughs> if, if the if Darnell Savage. Doesn't like okay. So I play real defense. quick. Do real quick. I understand the technicality of what is and isn't a catch. Do we think that if he was an offensive player, that interception at the end of the game is ruled as a catch? I don't know what a catch is anymore, but yeah, yeah no one. That's exactly what I thought. Darnell Savage caught that ball cleaner than Kevin King caught the ball the week before. Also, roughing the passer remains dumb to me. I don't. I don't. Here's my, I'm glad you brought that up. Here's my thing on on roughing the passer. I and mean, he did hit him in the helmet, so it's a play. But the, yeah, but he, they're the same height. They are the yeah. exact same height. There's nothing you can do. 
Well, here's my here's my thing on 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 that rule, or on, or not on the rule, but on on the penalty. So he hit Stafford after the ball was thrown. Obviously, right? The ball's in the air. I mean, Savage may have already had it in his hand by the time Kiki. I don't know. I don't know the timing, but that should be a penalty after the fact. Like it should have been. Okay, Packers intercept it. Take 15 yards off the move, move them back from the 35 to the 20. You know what I'm saying? That's the the hit came after the hit did not cause him to throw the interception because the ball was already out of his hands. So why are you penalized? Why are you taking away? I, you know what I'm saying? I know that and they're never going to change that rule, but I just think it's it didn't affect the play. His I, his late hit didn't affect Stafford throwing not Stafford Cousins throwing the ball. My but my whole issue is more just the. Like okay, I get it. You don't you don't want him to go low on the quarterback, which Josh Allen uh, in the Bills game on Thanksgiving got hit in the exact same way that Brady tore his ACL on, the exact same way that Carson Palmer tore his ACL on 17 years ago when he came up with the damn rule, and there was no flag on it. And I just I don't understand what is roughing the passer anymore. I I get it. You want to protect the helmet. The helmet. You, but, the helmet. but the whole thing about the helmet is I think it shouldn't just be up. Touch the helmet. I think it needs to be more like judged. I think that you need to. Uh, the refs on the field make too many mistakes, and they're too often this year deciding close games. And people are just going to say, "Oh, you're just biased because you're a Packer fan." No, there's calls that Rodgers has gotten called roughing the passer for this year that I don't think are roughing the passer. Rodgers, Green Bay has benefited from them, and I don't like that either. I don't like the idea that a team benefits and wins games because of the refs. I, I just, I don't. I don't like that the refs are getting to decide how these how these things happen, and everything is so damn subjective. And roughing the passer and unnecessary roughness in general, which we don't need to spend too much time on this because we could go for two hours talking about this topic, but it's just it's so frustrating to watch Green Bay and other teams around the league win and lose games because the rules are subjective and refs just pick and choose when they do or don't want to call something. That play against Cousins, yeah, I get it. He hit him in the face. But guess what? He's the exact same height if he let it all and leads with his helmet and then Cousins ducks with his helmet. Now you're calling him for for leading with the helmet. There's only so much the guy can do. There's the whole you don't you don't want to lay your weight on him or you don't want to drive him into the ground. So you want the like I've seen plays, I can't remember who it was, I think it was Rashawn Gary or somebody a couple weeks ago who wrapped up the quarterback and then tried to just gently sit down while holding the quarterback so that way he wouldn't get flagged for anything. I just I get it. You want to protect your investment, quarterbacks drive the league, yada yada yada. But there's too many plays and games this season being decided by some dude who's who's middle aged with a yellow flag in his pocket, and I'm tired of it. It, it ruins the game, and I'm tired of seeing refs ruin this game that I enjoy watching. It's not fun for me. That stupid game between the Raiders and Cowboys was a flag every other game. What was it? 28 penalties 28. for 276 penalty yards. That is just, and that's just accepted ones. That doesn't even count the decline ones. The game was gross. And it was terrible to watch. And the brand, and the foot, and the brand of football that the NFL is putting out right now, with referee, with the way the refs act, is just disgusting. And I hate watching it. And I'm tired of it. I would rather watch Green Bay lose a hundred to zero, but the refs call a perfect game, than watch this nonsense that the refs say is what we're supposed to be doing right now. I'm tired of hearing the ref analysts say, "Oh nope, that's a bad call." Yo, dude, guess what? You can't fix it. And now all of that we can see that it's a bad call. But you can't buzz in and say, hey, buddy, you messed up that call. You should probably not call that thing. You can't do that. So we just have to sit here and be told, yep, you fans are right. 
the refs who get paid money to do this job did it wrong. Sure, and I'll say a couple quick things before I make before we wrap things up. Also about the same thing because obviously, yeah, this seems like an off-season topic for us to really go on about. With roughing the passer, you're right. Like the same I think is look at Kyler Murray gets calls because he's short because he gets easier to hit him in the head because if he gets hit by Eric Armstead, there's a foot height difference, so it's it's not hard to see something like that. The Kiki one was, yeah, frustrating because, yeah, he did, did affect the play. It was just one of those ones where, oh, you see it. And with that game, the the game Thursday night, it was the same crew that did the Packers-Vikings game. It was the Sean Hockley crew who threw all those flags. There needs to be something done in the off season where the rep, all, every single official meets for like a week and does this weird symposium thing so that they can call the game similarly because there's so much variance, whether it was the King interception to the Savage and a non-interception. How they call roughing the passer, how they call holding, how they call blocks in the back, face masks, whatever. It's so inconsistent between each officiating crew that it is a problem. It is a huge problem. And the league doesn't care because they're going to keep making money because the game, that Cowboys-Raiders game, was viewed by more of the, that was the highest audience that was non-Super Bowl in, in years. So it's not going to change, but it has to. Because it, it is, it's going to be, it's going to start ending careers. And that's not okay. But that's a topic for another day. So we'll, we'll start to wrap things up. Um, Mark, where can people find you, and what are you working on? Um, Packer Report. I'll, I'll have a game, I'll have a story up as soon as I can when the game ends, my instant analysis. Um, like I said, I have a story up now detailing the injuries and the fact that, like I said earlier, only 21 players have played every game, uh, which, is, again, just baffled me. That for only 11, they only played 11 games. Um, so, yeah, you can find me there. And on Twitter, Mark Eckel 8 And as always, you can... As always, you can find me on Twitter at GBridgefordNFL. Still doing coverage for uh, Rotoballer and Dynasty Nerds for fantasy football content. Uh, Denver Stiffs is rolling hot right now with the uh, early season. We're about a quarter of the way in. Uh, Denver is just as beat up as the Packers right now. I will be doing uh, fantasy analysis uh, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., answering all fantasy football start set questions and everything else in between. Um, I won't be doing any Rotoball or Dynasty Nerds coverage uh, this upcoming week as I'm taking a week-long vacation. But other than that, it is a uh, it is still rolling hot, and everything's over there on my Twitter. Sounds good. You can find me on Twitter at Mike Wenlitz, all one word. I will be, again, doing more broadcasting, so I'm doing a lot of basketball and hockey this next week. Now that uh, Thanksgiving is done, a lot of the seasons are going to be picking up in Wisconsin. Uh, boys are starting actually on Saturday as we're recording this, so I'll be prepping for a game on Saturday night or two games. But, you know, of course, you can find us on Twitter as a unit at Packaday Podcast, on YouTube at the Packaday Podcast, and wherever your favorite podcast platforms are as well. So that being said, we will say so long. It is game day, Packers and Rams, the last game before the bye, thankfully, for Green Bay. So everyone, enjoy the game. Thank you for listening. So stay warm, stay safe, always carry the G, and go Pack Go. (laughs) 